I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A brand new week here in Major League Baseball. It means only one thing. You are listening to Big Time Baseball and Odyssey Sports. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio with me as always. He is a legend in the industry. You can see him everywhere. MLB Network, New York Post, you name it. He's there. John Heyman. John how you been, man? It's been way too long since I've heard your lovely, lovely voice, and we got to talk a lot of baseball. Trade deadline coming up, man. Well, I'm not sure how lovely it is, but uh, great to talk to you, Cody, and let's get with it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, the first domino has officially dropped, and it's going to the Mets. Daniel Vogelbach, or as I like to refer to him as Vogel Unit, just the most awesome player I love to play against or see play. He's just he hammers righties. He's a good platoon player. He's got some serious pop. Um, obviously, it's not going to be the last move the Mets are going to make or try to make, I should really say. Who knows who they actually end up with. But your thoughts on this Vogelbach move and the first domino to fall in the trade deadline with all the names that are starting to be bantered around? Yeah, I mean, they needed a hitter and quick, and they got one. So I, I give them credit. Uh, you know, Vogelbach will, or Vogelback, if you prefer, will fit in nicely. Um, they needed that left-handed DH. Uh, obviously, Don Smith had not done what he had done a couple years ago with the team. You know, they tried started with Robinson Cano. It looked like the Mets had a lot of DHs to begin the year, and really none of them have really produced. Pete Alonso, give him credit. He's doing it alone in that middle of that lineup, and uh, Vogelback will help. They are still looking for another middle-of-the-order bat, though, and I'm sure that they will get it eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are names out there, uh, especially seeing how the Red Sox have started their second half. A couple of names in the Red Sox are being thrown around the Mets have interest in. What are you hearing about the idea of J.D. Martinez potentially being moved? And if so, is there another team that would be as high on him as the Mets would be? <laughs> well, I like the idea of J.D. Martinez. There's nothing concrete yet. We don't know that the Red Sox are going to be a seller. They're kind of in that middle ground right now. I would not be surprised if they do sell. So add them to the list, and the list is pretty good. Obviously, Josh Bell they've talked about, Trey Mancini they've talked about. You've got Nelson Cruz. You've got C.J. Crone, um, you know, Wilson Contreras, potentially in half. There are a lot of good hitters on the market. That's one thing that uh, there is supply. Uh, another thing, of course, is bullpen, but certainly there are hitters starting pitching in short supply. But the Mets are fortunate. 
They don't look like they're going to need starting pitching. They do look like they need a hitter, and they do look like they need, need bullpen. So it's it's falling into place nicely for them, although right now they've not been able to make a deal on Bell, or they've tried for yet. And Mancini, we're not sure that he's going to be traded at this point. Baltimore's been a little bit of a surprise, so give them credit. And, uh, you know, with no guarantee he will be dealt, but uh, I, I think there's still a pretty good chance that he will be dealt. Yeah, you mentioned that Baltimore. I mean, they're currently 48 and 48. They're three and a half out of a wild card spot. And, you know, we're even talking about the Red Sox. You just mentioned that the Red Sox are potentially a team that could be sellers. They're kind of on the fence on whether or not they're going to be sellers or not. And they are only up a half game on the Orioles. So that's why I'm a little surprised that the Orioles seem to be hot on moving Mancini. Do you think that's going to happen? Or do you think the Orioles might be willing to throw their hat in the ring and maybe adding on and maybe competing a little bit for this uh, potential extra wild card spot yeah i mean it's too early to be sure we still have a week to go you know these things go down to the wire and uh, you know baltimore no reason for them not to take it to the wire with this uh, as you said they're right there with the red sox not the red sox are a house of fire but give baltimore credit they're having a terrific year their bullpen's been outstanding uh, they got a good top of that lineup and lately uh mateo and a couple others have added to that or arias so um, you know, I, I would say I'd be surprised if they move Mancini in the next couple of days, but I would say by the end of this deadline, I, I still think there's a good chance that they do trade him. What about um, you mentioned Josh Bell? And he's a very interesting name out there. And he's an interesting name for multiple reasons, one of which he's obviously a good uh, bat to have, a first baseman that could possibly move into the outfield on occasions. Uh, but on top of that, he also plays for the Nationals. And Juan Soto's name is obviously at the top of everybody's list right now. Um, could you see a potential of them being packaged together with a team? Or is this a thing where Juan Soto is only going to be going by himself <laughs> and Josh Bell will likely go elsewhere? Well, you never want to say never. We saw Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, the two, probably the two best players on last year's market package together. But I mean, in this case, they're both great hitters. So I would say it, they're going to be separate. Uh, Bell's going to command quite a bit, but obviously Soto's going to command many, many, many times more than that. Uh, he's just one of the best players in the game. And, you know, I think we know the teams that are involved. Certainly, we're talking about the Mets. The Mets would love to get Soto, but. You know, I just don't see the Nats trading Juan Soto in their division. I know there's going to be more of a balanced schedule going forward, but I don't think they want to see him with the Mets. So they'd have to pay a premium. And I, I just don't see the Mets doing that. Bell, more realistic for them. They have made an offer or two or more on Bell. Still haven't been able to come together on that yet. But I would say separately for those two guys. But Good for the Mets that there are many, many hitters on this market. And, you know, I think San Diego's looking for hitting. Milwaukee's looking for hitting. A few other teams may be looking for hitting. But I think it's a better position to be in to look for a big hitter than a big starting pitcher at this point. Yeah, and you, you mentioned San Diego. They're a team that very much intrigues me going forward in this trade deadline for multiple reasons, one of which they have some needs. They're not playing their best baseball right now. They may, we don't know this for sure yet, but they may be losing Mackenzie Gore for a little bit of time, which would not be ideal for the team. And they have not been swinging the bat well lately, and they're still waiting on uh, on Fernando Tatis Jr., they also have a lot of prospects, a lot of prospects. And A.J. Preller is not afraid to trade away anything. He's made that abundantly clear over the past seven years. How realistic is it for that team to wind up with Juan Soto come trade deadline? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's a, good, a decent chance of that happening. Uh, they were the first team that I thought of and wrote about when this uh, became a possibility that Juan Soto was out there on the market. I mean, obviously, A.J. Preller is aggressive. He identified Juan Soto early on as a guy that he wanted when he was an amateur, when Soto was an amateur player. They ultimately decided, you know, maybe we'll look at Mancata instead of Soto, but he identified Soto very quickly. He loves Soto. He certainly is going to give it a shot. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, that the Cardinals, Padres, probably the Dodgers are probably the more likely candidates to land Soto, the Mariners possibility as well. You know, I know the Yankees are going to be trying uh, to get Soto. I'm not sure they have the right prospect mix. And of course, the Mets in that same division. To me, they're a long shot at this point. But I, I see San Diego doing what it can. And, and San Diego does have the prospects, as you mentioned, even without Gore. They've got James Wood, who's an outfielder. People have compared it to a next, the next Willie McCovey type. So that's Pretty darn good. Obviously, they got C.J. Abrams, and they have some other high-end young players. I think it may come down to San Diego's higher-end guys versus St. Louis's sure things. You know, they've got several guys who've already been called up and doing a pretty good job at the major league level between Dylan Carlson and Bader and certainly Nolan Gorman. They also have Mason Wynn and Walker, and St. Louis has got some prospects, many position prospects, more than pitching prospects at this point. And, and frankly, the Nets need position play. Uh, oftentimes, teams will love to get the pitchers, but in this case, I don't think the Nets would be upset to go with a good position package, but certainly young players, prospects for most, most teams. In the case of St. Louis, I think they're going to look at these major league players and you know, I, I do see that as a possibility. But the difference between St. Louis and San Diego is San Diego needs a bat. St. Louis needs pitching more than a bat. Now, particularly with Matt's going down, um, you know, joining Flaherty on the IL now coming up. So, um, you know, I think St. Louis uh, needs pitching more than a bat. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh, on top of that, I, I kind of feel the same way about the Dodgers. And, and, and it's not that the Dodgers need pitching, but they definitely don't need more offense. But, you know, adding a Juan Soda to any team is never a unwanted or unwelcome thing. I just think that the Padres really could use Juan Soto right now, not only just in now in general, I mean, to bolster that offense, but if they get Manny Machado, I mean, they have Manny Machado, but they get Fernando Tatis Jr. back as well. That three-headed monster offensively all of a sudden looks unbeatable between Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going, but my question for you is, is this kind of holding up the market, just this Juan Soto specter uh, kind of hovering over the entire trade market? Are teams waiting to see what happens there before they make other moves, or are teams just going to go ahead and just start spending, making the moves now, and just knowing where Juan Soto will end up in one of three or four teams? Yeah, I mean, it might, might be holding up part of the market. I, I do think that the market for these big players usually, and most players, usually comes down to the last 48 hours. You know, sometimes if they need a, um, a physical, it might take, you know, the last 72 hours. But all these trades come down to the end. We have so many teams that are kind of in the middle, on the fence, if you will, you know, between Texas, Miami, Boston, which we referenced, maybe even the Giants and the White Sox. So you're not sure at this point whether they're going to be buyers or sellers 
And, you know, I think teams kind of like to wait to the end to see whether they should buy or should sell. So, you know, I'm not going to blame the holdup if there is one on Soto, um, but certainly could be part of the equation because those bigger teams, the Padres, Dodgers, Mets, you know, they may still be holding out some hope for Soto before going in full blazes for a Bell who's really good hitter. He's not one Soto, but a really good hitter or Mancini or some of these other guys. You know, uh, I, I, I love that idea, but there is one player I feel like his trade market has been held up by Soto. And what do you think of this idea that we're not going to find out where Andrew Benatendi is going to go until we know where Juan Soto's going? Um, you know, Benatendi is an interesting case. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has not been vaccinated as far as we know. He wouldn't address it at the All-Star game. He is red hot. I'm hitting – he and Austin Riley are two guys. I think there might be one other hitting over 400 over the last month. And, you know, he could help a lot of teams, including the Yankees. I think the Yankees, you know, if he's unvaccinated, they can't they, – they're not going to take him because they still have to play Toronto. They may face him in the playoffs. But, you know, Benatendi wouldn't dress it. So maybe he will get vaccinated. You know, if depending on what team he is traded to, it's. I, I just think he's a fascinating case, one we haven't seen before. He can use that unvaccinated status as a de facto uh, no trade clause. If he does, for instance, and I don't know this to be the case, if Toronto, which is a team that's shown interest in him, trades for him, he could say, "Well, I'm not vaccinated, guys." And at that point, he can't certainly can't go to Toronto unvaccinated. You know, the Yankees may have to think about it if he's unvaccinated. But I don't think, from what I understand, that they'll take them unvaccinated. They think that, you know, somebody like that will get vaccinated if it's a matter of going to the Yankees. Yankees had a couple players unvaccinated a couple weeks before they went to Toronto, and they got vaccinated because they wanted to play for the team. And they're, you know, give the Yankees credit. They've gotten their guys vaccinated and uh, able to play in Toronto. And I think they feel that way about Benintendi, too. Not that they know him, not that they know for sure they're not in contact with him, but certainly will be an interesting case. Very interesting case because listen, if he, this isn't about whether or not someone's rights to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. This is about whether or not this guy's going to be able to play in October. And at the end of the day, the Blue Jays look like they're going to be making the playoffs. So if the Yankees go ahead and pick up Andrew Benatendi and they lose an Andrew Benatendi in October for roughly two high impact games that say, you know, let's say hypothetically they lost these games. The Cashman's going to look so much worse than the Royals looked last week when this whole announcement came out. It's not even be funny. I mean, he'll be fired before before the game ends. <laughs> well, you know, I, it, this is not the George Steinbrenner era. So, you know, I, I do think they'll make that trade contingent upon a vaccination for Benintendi. I, I can't imagine they'll make that trade and then hope that he gets vaccinated. I, I, I don't see that happening. If he doesn't, does that just limit Benatendi to being a National League trade target, like to the San Diego Padres, who he has kind of been linked to? And I know A.J. Preller yeah. loves him some Andrew Benatendi. Yeah, you know, you hear Milwaukee. There are certain teams that, that do need offense. He is hitting up a storm. He's a good defensive player. He's got some postseason pedigree. Um, you know, he, he's going to be traded somewhere, vaccinated or unvaccinated. He, he's that good a player. Mm-hmm. You know, looking throughout the league, of course, obviously all eyes on on Soto. And I do have one more Soto question. What what are you hearing is going to be the actual asking price? I mean, we've heard rumors on what their asking price could be. We've heard rumors about potential packages that have been put together, but nothing really concrete. 
what are you kind of gathering or thinking this could be, or what are you hearing that this could be? You know, I think it's going to be four or five top prospects or good young players at the major league level, you know, and I, I don't begrudge them asking anything. You know, Juan Soto certainly asked for quite a bit in this negotiations and I don't blame him. He's that type of player and certainly in trade with three years to go or two and a half, three playoff runs, uh, they should ask for a ton. There aren't these type of players who are traded. I know Ron Darling named one on a podcast for the post uh, last night. I can't remember who it is, but you know, there are just so few outstanding players who are in their mid to early twenties. The two I came up with were Babe Ruth and Miguel Cabrera, and they were both close to 25. You know, he's 23. I'm not going to say he's Babe Ruth, but he's 23. You know, he's younger than those two. Uh, I'm not going to, certainly nobody's Babe Ruth, but you know, I think Miguel Cabrera is a fair comp who is a year and a half older than Soto. And, you know, that trade did not work out for the Marlins. They got Mabin, who I love. He's a Yankee broadcaster and, you know, does some good work in broadcasting and had a decent career. And they got Andrew Miller, who wound up having a very good career elsewhere, not with Miami and Badenhop. You know, if they get that comp for Juan Soto, that is a disaster. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you know, they're going to have to get better than that. And I do think they're going to, someone's going to pay the piper, pay four or five big time young players for this guy who is one of the best players in the game. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all in one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.